0: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Are you ready? Hell yeah, let's do
1: it. All right. Guys, welcome to the Full Blast Podcast. I'm Jeff Fader. And before we get into it with the great Ben Snore, I got to talk to you about Wax. This is our sponsor, Wax, And boy, you've been doing great, guys. Axe Wax is an all-natural food-safe wax for your axe or your hammer or your knives. If you're a knife maker, you're making culinary knives, wouldn't it be nice to be able to offer something that you're, to your customers that we won't put on any, you know, weird stuff. You know, like no uh, byproducts and stuff like that. It's all natural. You put it on your boots. People are putting on their hair. I'm with you. And if you put in promo code Blast 10 you're going to get 10% off your order. They got great shirts. They got go go get yourself a couple pucks of axe wax and you're helping me out, which I appreciate. So without any further ado, back by popular demand. And when I say popular demand, I get messages all the time saying you gotta get Ben back on. Ben (laughs) Snoor is a hammer maker. You probably heard him here before. He was on the uh, Black Friday special with Jonathan Porter, which we're gonna have to do again. And he was on almost, kind of close to ten months ago, or something like that. Uh, yeah, I've, I thought
0: it was kind of coming up on a year.
1: I, you know what? I think you know I started record. I started back recording these and when I first started. I banked five, and then I decided to stop doing that. I wanted to do them live-ish, you know, within the week in case something happens <laughs> you yeah. know the world at the time was going so crazy it's nice to have a little bit of context a little bit of closeness to when the thing. you know at one point it was like one was a month away and it just sounded weird so you were one of my first guests how are you i'm fantastic
0: uh so that axe wax have you tasted it uh no i've smelled really i have well, they sent me you, a podcast so, yeah that was the first thing i did it said food safe well, how did it taste? Tastes like it smells. Delicious.
1: <laughs> there you go. Full blast 10. 10
0: yeah. percent off. A delicious
1: tasting wax. I
0: mean, I'm not going to eat the whole
1: thing, but <laughs> I don't you know, think you should. Inquiring sure. minds want to know. <laughs> well, there you go. Taste test approved. I mean, listen, I, you know, I, I, they've been really good to me, and and um, I actually, the funny thing is, is like, I they uh, they bought my band song. I really wanted to like. I really wanted to have this podcast actually pay for something. So I just had this idea of what I wanted and I wanted a bandsaw. And then, you know, I approached Grizzly and they actually were like kind of interested in sponsoring the podcast. Yeah. And then I said, you know, because I think in my mind, I'm thinking Grizzly is a great company to promote or great as a sponsor because they have inexpensive things too like even on knife talk I like the cut, I like the sponsors that everybody can afford I mean some people just can't afford big ticket items and yeah. I thought the Grizzly was going to be good and they were we were sending messages back and forth and they were we were talking about my the the downloads per month and everything like that and then I was just like okay maybe and they said well, what do you want I said I just want a bandsaw like you know I'll give you a 6 month read for a bandsaw yeah. and then that was the end of it I uh, they they uh, like, they they like no we'll
0: me. give you a screwdriver
1: I bought the. I ended up buying the bandsaw with the axe wax money
0: when I'm. Well, psyched. that's kick ass. Yeah, mission, it's mission pretty accomplished. Good Pardon me. Mission accomplished.
1: Mission accomplished. So yeah. So now it's. Um, now what are we? What are we saving up for now? I'm. I'm just paying. We're just maybe paying. maybe a new shitty pay- jeep. And <laughs> we're paying bills now. Now we're paying <laughs> bills. Oh, I'll tell you what we just paid for. I um. Now is you know the funny thing is is now this is like a this is exactly a year since my we all got coronavirus so like it's been like this you know we've been all talking about what was like a year ago and we're so glad that things are kind of getting back to normal for for us we also were so grim a year ago we just didn't know what life was going to be like like we couldn't even imagine a couple you know and so you know we're all back to normal to the for the most part um with the exception of the fact that we just got a message that my daughter and I were exposed to someone with coronavirus, and we now, should be taking that seriously.
0: You have had your first shot, correct? Correct. I get my second shot tomorrow. Good for and then you. After that, I will not be wearing a mask unless it is absolutely required. You I'm know, sick of that shit.
1: I, I, the whole. It's very interesting because I'm super torn of the whole thing. And I'm torn because I'm in agreement with you. I'm, I have, the, my wife has, has the, uh, well, she wears an M95 mask all day long. So she has the mask face. Like yeah. she's got like the permanent lines. You've been wearing an M95 mask, you know, every day for the last year. And she's got the lines and, and I've been getting like these marks on my nose and stuff like that. I'm torn because I, I, my opinion is, is like because we're exposed all the time. My wife is exposed all the time that like i just do what she tells me to do I, at the same time like it's just like leave me the, alone but the f- crazy thing is is like i feel like things have been getting better and we oh, no, yeah. we haven't been late, letting our guard down but all of a sudden we get this message that my kid and i were exposed to someone with coronavirus and we need to just you know be aware yeah and it was like i'm to fucking do this again and then my wife was on the phone with me she's like well you know, the CDC doesn't. I have to figure out if you can. I'm due to get the second shot in next week, and she's like, "I got to look at the CDC because if you if you're exposed and you have symptoms, they don't want you to get the second shot." And we have to. I don't have symptoms.
0: Uh, just but it's just like be a real real breaker, anyways. I mean, sometimes I don't know. You got to. It's a huge. The whole thing is such a huge pain in
1: the ass. Yes. And it's such a pain in the ass. But the funny thing is. If coronavirus, if the symptoms of coronavirus was you g- gained a hundred pounds overnight or your dick got substantially smaller, you'd have that fucking mask on. You wouldn't
0: leave the house. <laughs> Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it, it goes back to like after you have the shot. Say it's a three percent chance. What? Do, what do they say? The the vaccine's like ninety seven percent effective. Well,
1: my I'm, wife is a little bit nervous about it because she says the variants may not be covered by the vaccine.
0: I'm I'm still not gonna live my life in fear of a three to five percent chance. I don't blame you. Uh, I don't so blame yeah, you. yeah, if it uh, maybe get fat, <laughs> I'd probably stay home, my dick. Yeah, probably can't it, get any smaller.
1: <laughs> See that's the thing. I think that if if these viruses were uh were affected your your ego and your vanity, I think people would I think people's, you know, call for freedom would be a little bit stunted. Ah. Uh, I don't, don't want to be, be one of
0: those really athletic fat people
1: though. <laughs> hey, yeah. I'd be cattier and shit. <laughs> but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. think it's it, it's like the problem is with this goddamn... Well, number one, I've had it with this virus. And in New York oh. State in general, it's such a fucking... It's, it's a mess, but it, it seems like it's getting better. But the problem is, is the from what I've been told, the most... The, what people are getting sick from now is a variant, which is yeah. like, it's just very... It gets to the point where, like... You know, I was talking to my wife. I got the first shot. We got the... You know, like I said, I've said before, we just... we we just like put the word out if there's someone bails out of a, if you can do and, and if you're listening to this podcast and you're just like well i don't qualify it in new york now as of probably the i think by the time this comes out 16 and up are entitled to get the, the oh, vaccine. 16 16 yeah they're, All
0: right. they're 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 hauling ass
1: yeah they're hauling ass
0: you know the the variants and this throughout the whole coronavirus, I have not been terribly afraid. And you and I have talked about this before. I've not been terribly afraid of coronavirus itself. It's the coronavirus related blah blah blah. You know, John Ragoni like nearly went blind in an eye, right? Because of coronavirus. Uh, my wife's got a friend that went it, and she's young. Went into cardiac or, coronavirus related cardiac arrest. I've, it's just all this corona related stuff that's really scary and it makes no sense of who or how or why it's going to affect anybody
1: well he, what what my wife told me was when she was at the the pinnacle of sickness she was doing so much the day she got the fever she immediately called up the place that she works and they said come down they get had a they had an outdoor mobile unit and they gave her a scan and they tested her and everything like that and she came home and she felt bad. She's doing a ton of research. She's a, epidemiolo- she's a yeah. master's degree in epidemiology too. So she's not like a knuckle cracker in a strip mall. You know what I'm saying? You know, she's not a chiropractor. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> she, that, yeah, I'll tell you another story about that afterwards. But, you know, she said that what's what was taking younger people down was what's called, I think it's called a cytokine storm. And it's basically your body was dealing with the virus in a manner that it was using so much of your your immune system that you your bodies were going into what was called a cytokine I think it's a cytokine a cytokine storm and people were just fall, failing fast and that's what was happening to her.
0: Um, that that makes sense. I mean, if you're working all the time, you never fully recover. I mean just from your work week you're just run down all the time and then you get taken down by something like that right and your body's just not equipped to handle it right then
1: i have a very close friend who had who didn't know that he had a congenital heart defect yeah he you know he's my age he didn't have a he didn't know this and then he ended up having a stroke because uh his his i guess his blood started coagulating and it like uh it kind of penetrated this heart defect and he had a very minor stroke luckily everything's okay uh, but it see, was like it's,
0: it's things like that that's the sca- that was is or was the real scary part of this whole deal
1: but it's you know it's annoying and it's like I understand I understand look I understand why people are upset about it you know I was talking to my one of the things that we've been doing a lot I mean I've been walking the dog in the past year I walk four miles a day with the dogs because, like, I just need to get my head clear. We have a great little park. My kid comes with me, and we just talk about shit. And, you know, you know, we I, I say to her, I was talking to somebody. Oh, this is what it was. The Blade Show in Texas. Mm-hmm. I got all these messages saying there were people like, this, look how great this is. And then other messages being like, I can't believe these people are doing this. And I was looking at it being like, well, it's your choice to go or not. I mean, we do. I mean, if Texas isn't locked down and they it's their decision to do it. I don't. And I started to think about it and I started thinking about it like, you know, would I go? And I'm like, no, I wouldn't go because number one, I'm antisocial. But number two is just like, I just don't want this to happen to me. Well. But at the same time, I can't fault somebody. I can't fault somebody at all for saying, so, so somebody went on, on the, I guess it was like Blade Magazine's Instagram page, and th- somebody said something like, you know, you whatever, you whatever, whatever, and then a, one guy just wrote, well, then just don't go. Yeah. And to me, that was a fucking good
0: answer. We're, we're Americans. We have the right to be stupid. I actually I, exer- I exercise it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. Gosh. Uh you're not around here day to day
1: (laughs) you only you only post the you only post the good stuff right oh I'm not afraid to show some mistakes I just I just think that like I agree that at some point herd immunity is going to have to happen it is but at the same time I've I've softened my stance and just being like I can't you can't control what people do yeah you know but at the same time Don't fucking get me sick. You know? And I'm. It is ultimately my responsibility, too. That's
0: your response. I mean, everybody's responsible for themselves. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. the, that's and that's really what it boils down to of
1: course of course of course and hopefully hopefully this all gets you know taken care of relatively soon it sounds as though that the with the vaccines hopefully they kind of like develop I just you know I'm honest with you I wish I didn't bring it up but the funny thing is is like <laughs> in my mind I'm thinking you know we're all very positive and East this was the better last Easter we were all down in the dumps and then Easter, oh, this Easter has been yeah. great And then all of a sudden we get this message saying, oh, yeah, by the way, you and your kid have been exposed. And it's just like,
0: (sighs) it's never going to go away. This fucking thing's never going to go away. Yeah, that's got to be a punch to the dick.
1: Well, it's just like, it's just like, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, if I get, you know, hopefully, I'm already kind of I've always been quarantining. I mean, I don't, the only place I go to go is I go to the grocery store and that's it. You know, so like, you know. I'm when I don't I don't don't really associate with other people yeah who cares everyone knows everyone knows but one of the things that's interesting now is in New York they just legalized marijuana recreationally well that's fun well it's interesting because the timing of it's very interesting like I think that I I mean as a person who really is I'm a hundred percent for if you want to smoke weed go ahead for me it's never been something i really care about like i'm out one way or the other on it i'm not really like if it disappeared from the face of the earth i don't think i would really have a i really wouldn't say any, i really wouldn't care you know it's yeah. just like it's it doesn't mean anything to me so the, so but the funny thing is it's just like you could have done this you could have done this last year like yeah. when people really needed some weed you know they're staying <laughs> home you waited a year i mean and the worst thing is the worst thing is, it's all going to be money that's going to just go to the state. From what I understand, when you buy weed, and I mean, I haven't—I mean, I haven't bought weed in you know twenty years. Yeah. But it's it's like the taxes on the weed from the legal places is out of control.
0: Man, just imagine how much extra fat everybody would have gotten during quarantine if they were just sitting around smoking pot and eating Cheetos.
1: Dude, I think that that might have been the move. You know, I actually was talking to—I uh, was talking—that might have been the move. That I, might, might have been, have been the been. move, but the funny thing is, is so we um, we decided because you know we thought, well, what were we gonna do over this summer? Because we're we're hoping to make a road trip out to see uh my wife's in-laws and we're going to we're planning it out very like well once we all get vaccinated. And they're where like in
0: Wisconsin or something like that.
1: Yeah, Wisconsin. We're right. hoping to do it. That's the game plan. Um it's going to be based on when, you know, it's going to be based on when my kid can get vaccinated and everything like that. Okay. And they're all vaccinated and we're just like we're working out the details. And also New York has now stopped the whole apparently you had to quarantine when you come in and out of New York. So that's kind of being stopped anyway. But now, at the same do you, time. Do
0: you think there at some point will be any sort of travel restrictions or something of you can enter New York, but you have to show proof of vaccination? I think. They'll
1: get traveling
0: papers like a horse.
1: I have said, I said this last summer to my kid that don't be surprised if they're not going to let you back in In the, referring to 2022. 2020 no next year so we're in 2021 the fall of 2021 i wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to see um vaccination papers which they already do like you have to you know kids go to back to school they have to have they have to show vaccine papers so i don't see it i don't see that being an issue i i I think it's going to happen you know i think that i think some places just going to make that a point because it's like you know
0: well my wife teaches school and you can come to school puking they don't care
1: i I think that most likely you're probably gonna have to have some i don't know i mean they're just still do, honestly honestly i don't know honestly i don't know um it, it it's it's very frustrating to be honest with you still, but one of the things is is like with the with the, with the with the you know with what we're planning on doing for the summer. Is we were trying to figure out things to do for the, as a family, and one of them was we were going to start a, a restart a garden. We always do a garden, and it's one of those things where we do a lousy job, but we've kind of got <laughs> a,
0: a we do a terrible. You, you couldn't good. do any worse than us. <laughs> why, why do you
1: say that? How bad? How bad of a gardener well, are you? Y'all don't have
0: cows and donkeys and shit eating it every time. To- like all I want is some fucking corn on the cob, and after four years, I have yet to eat. An ear of corn from our garden. It's because never the cows happened. come over. Cows come over. Deer come over. Donkeys come over. Bugs get in it. Like the only thing we we can grow zucchini, but yeah. nobody wants to eat a shit ton of zucchini. <laughs> no,
1: that's a that
0: is a that they
1: are pushing that they're pushing that in the in the grilled vegetable department, Ugh. aren't they?
0: Yeah, and you know it's all right, but you don't want to eat forty pounds of zucchini.
1: <laughs> I completely agree with you.
0: But but so
1: where we've decided to make it a concerted effort to do a garden this year. And then when I was talking to my wife, I was just like, Oh, you know, that New York you know just said that you can you're allowed to grow up to six marijuana plants. And I said to her, I'm like, you know, and I'm like not really give a shit. I'm like, you know, maybe we can grow that. You know, I'm not like it's not like something I wanna do, but like But why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like, I'm not going to get in trouble for it. Why not? Yeah. So I, I was talking to, I was kind of texting back and forth with a, a West coast friend who grows marijuana and uh-huh. I sent him a message and I just said, Hey, what would be the easiest way to grow marijuana? If I just like, you know, just wanted to fool around and he, and it was like, It was as if I asked, as if somebody asked you, how do you make hammers? I I just, I immediately felt like I made a huge mistake because I thought, that's an obnoxious thing to say. And he goes, well, once you get past the initial investment, the light's like $2,000. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 dude.
0: I want to plant a seed in the ground in the backyard, (laughs) not water it, and reap the benefits.
1: That's what I said. That's exactly what I said. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not buying. I'm not investing. I'm not investing. And he goes, man, you got to get feminized plants because you don't want to grow it. And if it's a male, then you won't get the buds. And the, I'm like, oh, this is all too much. And then I was just like, all right, well, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't do this until after my kid goes to college anyway. But I was talking to my wife about it. We were walking the dogs. they so are just like, you know, I, I was reached out about a friend of mine about growing marijuana. And, and she's like, oh, yeah, what did they say? I'm like, ah. Oh. You got to buy lights. And, you buy, and she does the same thing
0: I did. She goes, oh, it's just too much.
1: It's just too much. And oh, what's that? No, who, let's just go buy it. Let's lives? just go.
0: When your daughter goes off to college, just go buy a dime bag down on the corner. Call it good.
1: I think that that's probably, I mean, if I did decide to, I think that's probably going to be the case. But it was just like. Let's do some artisanal growing, and it was so stupid because I was just like, "Who wants Uh, to buying lights?" Artisanal growing.
0: All I could get, like there was two two types of weed. Whenever I smoked weed, you had Mexican swag, and you had good weed, and that was it. Now, like the stuff that you get now, it's too strong. It should be illegal. Yeah, it is so strong. It's just not even fun. Well, every it seems as
1: though. Everything has a connoisseur community. Everything has a connoisseur yeah, community. Yeah. And, I mean, I, this is we're not new to this. I mean, I'm with you. When when I was, when you, back when I did buy weed, I was just like, let me just buy some weed. There wasn't really yeah. a whole lot of, I need the indica, I need the sativa. I was the kind of person anyway that I was very antisocial anyway. So, if I smoke weed, I'm unplugging the phone and tucking myself in the sock
0: drawer. Yeah, I'm going to bed.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. So, you do. Let's go to a, if
0: there's weed being smoked at a party.
1: I better be like already out the door. Like there's yeah, I. I a, the wish, cabs about to you downstairs, and I'm going home.
0: I wish I liked it, and I'm I'm pro pot, but I, it's just I don't care for it. The best
1: pot story I have. Well, I have a couple good pot stories. One of them was I don't know if I told the story. Did I ever tell the story about the first time I ever smoked weed? Do you ever
0: Do you I, ever hear this? I kind of feel like I have.
1: It was with the kid who, 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 I think I did, I told the story, it was the kid who was in the PSA that I've never, yeah, I oh, Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's one of them. I learned how to do these drugs, and I, it was the kid from the famous PSA who, he learned, he was talking with. his I learned dad, it from watching you. I learned it from watching you, okay? I, that was the first guy I ever got, we, smoked weed with. And then when, after college, my wife was studying to be a nurse, and we were in a very, very small apartment. And I didn't want to disturb her. And I and so I was like, all right, I'm just going to smoke some weed and go outside. So we went to this. I, I, she was studying. I wanted to be out of her way, smoke some weed. I was going to go to a burger place. And there was a TV show on in, I guess it was the late 90s. It was called The Pretender. Do you remember that show? The Pretender? Uh, it might be too, you might be too young no, for this. No, it, it
0: was, it a, it was network NBC. television. Yeah, because w- that's all we had growing up was you know, just an antenna, and I do kind of recall that show. The Pretender was a guy
1: who I guess who had this special power that he could pretend to be anybody, like from a doctor to an aircraft pilot to a, to a like he was like he was like he could do anything, you know. And I just remember going into this into this uh, cheap burger place, and I'm standing behind this gorilla. This just this gorilla. He was all upper body and like very short waist and he turns around and it's the fucking pretender and his eyes are exactly like mine you could you could blindfold us with dental floss and we we're both doing the same thing we're both in line we we're both in line getting fucking burgers and i just wanted there was this moment where we were both like yeah i was just you know i wanted to step out and get a burger it was a very bizarre experience
0: Why? <laughs> A while back, you know, I like everybody, I went through my pot phase in high school and I, I was into it pretty heavy. And then it was just like one day I was I'm done with this. Yeah. So years go by and I get invited to go take some wounded warriors hunting, you know, guys had been wounded in Iraq and right. uh over at a buddy's ranch. And the first, we did this for years, and the first year these guys showed up, they were all, these guys were, I mean, bad, blown up by IEDs, one got shot in the neck by a sniper, but they were all taking a whole bunch of pills, Oxycontin and all sorts of shit. The next year, one was on edibles, next year, another one, and then that final year, they were all just on edibles. Right. And so they were like, here, try one. And I was like, eh, all right. So I ate it. And like an hour goes by, and I'm like, this isn't, you know, this isn't doing anything. Well, here, eat this one. Oh, and he no. gave me a bigger one. And I don't know, have any idea of the sizes, but all of it hit at once. Oh. And we're eating dinner, and I just, I have to go sit outside in the truck. And they're, like, looking for me and calling for me, and I just sit in the truck and ignore everyone and hide. And it, it just wasn't fun. It's, I don't think it is fun. No. No. I think it. Is, i don't
1: think it is fun so did you do a lot of did you do a lot of uh guide hunting
0: uh i've guided some hunts here on the ranch not a whole lot uh but mainly it was that one, once a year we'd take those guys pig hunting and it you know taking those guys was is not like you know your normal guided situation whenever you're trying to take a guy in a wheel motorized wheelchair it's it's uh. There's a lot of setup, a lot of help, but it was, it was a lot of fun, and those guys damn sure deserved it.
1: Yeah. Well, how did you? How did you get? Now we talked the last well two times ago. We were talking about um, how you got. How did you get involved with the ranch that you're in now? Because so, because you've done a lot of ranching, but this ranch is specifically is like a very swanier ranch. It's a really high level, right? Yeah. Uh,
0: Yes and no. it It is, but they don't let anybody out here. Right. So my sister, I work for a neurosurgeon, and my sister is married to his oldest son. But there's a little bit of a story there. So when my sister and him were dating, he and I got into it. And what, what, what we got into it over doesn't really matter. But he wait, said something. I, wait, I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. I just have to figure this out. So okay. your sister's dating... The neurosurgeon? The
0: neurosurgeon's oldest son.
1: Okay. Who was in okay. neurosurgery
0: at the time.
1: Okay. So the your, your sister is dating the neurosurgeon's oldest son. Got it. Sorry yeah. for interrupting.
0: No, no. And so he said something to me that I didn't care for. The son? The son. And he should okay. not have said it to me. And this was, you know, hell, I don't even think I'd actually met him in person. I'd somehow talked to him on the phone and he said something. But uh, needless to say, whenever he and I actually met, i I took a knife to a i t- I took a gun to a knife fight because he was a <laughs> professional, or he was a college football player, and so whenever we met, I took a damn tree branch and just whacked the shit out of him with it, and. His mother took offense to that and just really hated me for hurting his baby, her baby boy. You you hit him hard with the tree branch? Oh yeah, no, I thumped the shit out of him. Did
1: did he? Did you give him warning, or was there like a standoff, or was it just like you just? No, it wasn't a hell of a lot
0: of warning. It was a fuck you, you son of a bitch. Take this. And then you grabbed a tree branch and hit him with the tree branch? No, I had the tree branch beforehand. (laughs) I'm telling. I took a
1: gun to a knife fight. I, Were you planning on just kind of like hitting him with a tree branch as soon as you met him?
0: Uh, This wasn't exactly as soon as I met him. <laughs> but, <laughs> Neela, our relationship started out bad and it got yeah. worse. And his mama really didn't like that. Understandably so. She also didn't know what he'd said. Uh, But, anyways, I'm out in Arizona. I get in... My sister and him get married. I'm out in Arizona. Their youngest son is getting married. And for some bizarre reason, they invite me to the wedding. Hmm. And even though they hate me, I guess it's just the family. You got to be nice. So I show up. Uh, Alex and I had been dating for about three months at that point. We go to a rehearsal dinner party or a party before the rehearsal dinner or whatever. And the neurosurgeon's like... Hey, you want a job? I'm like, what do you mean? Why do you run my ranch your kid? For me? I just beat your kid up. You want a job? Well, I mean, time, time, plenty of time has elapsed. Like okay. maybe five years in which my oh. sister and I didn't talk at all over this whole deal.
1: Oh, really? Uh, See, I'm not gonna ask you because I, I, I got a feeling you would have told me what he said. Yeah, no. But is there like a, uh, is there like a, in the vein of? You don't have to do rhymes with, but like, is there like, did he make a crack at your expense
0: or? No, it was something bad about my sister.
1: Oh, wow. That's branchable. That's yeah.
0: definitely branchable. No, it was, it was, I. Oh, he, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, it doesn't that's, really matter. take a branch. You, she's saying
1: something about your sister. You get that branch. No, and it was, it was pretty awful. Oh, dude, uh, I'm with you 100%. Before, uh, I'm thinking, eh, what, what, what the hell could Ben say? No, 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 no. It, it, now, was something,
0: yeah. it was something horrendously offensive. That's You've said it all. Uh, so I'm at this rehearsal dinner with this girl that I just started dating, essentially, and the guy's like, hey, you want a job? And I'm like, what What kind of job? Why well, want you to come ra- run my ranch in Clarendon. And we had no shit. Like, I had met him, shook his hand one time before this. That night, we'd been talking for about five minutes. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I'm pretty sure this is a bad idea. I'm going to have to think about this. So, that night. How did night, he sell the
1: job? How no, did he, he sell didn't, the ranch?
0: He didn't. Oh, You can come run my ranch. Be the manager of my ranch. And I, at this point, I was a feedlot hand, you know, riding pens and doctoring cows. Kind of of a shitty job, uh, and he was just like, "You can be the the foreman. There's a house there. We'll pay you X amount of money. We got insurance. That blah blah blah." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't I don't think this is a good idea." Huh. So that night they they had a family powwow. as we were having a pe- family powwow, and my whole family was like, "This is a bad idea." And their whole family, the mother especially, was like, "This is fucking stupid." We are not hiring this guy. <laughs> Wayne, this is the worst idea you've ever had. And Wayne, I guess, you're just like, no, I got a feeling about it. So that was on a Friday. We went to the wedding Saturday, and I told him, you know, why don't I come by your house Sunday, and we'll we'll kind of talk about this. And I had never laid eyes on the ranch. Uh, But I went over there and talked, and he was like, you know, yeah, I think this is a good idea. Let's do it. And I was like... You know what? I like the way you roll. Let's do this. What did he? What do you think he saw in you? I have absolutely no idea. I think he may have been, had too much champagne and then just went with it and didn't want to admit that he was drunk.
1: Do you think it's hard to find... I See, I, I would imagine... My father was a winemaker. Yeah. And he, he had lots of managers. He was... My dad was also difficult, and he was, you know, whatever. I found that there were not a lot of... I, from what he told me, there were not a lot of people who would do the job, who could do the job. And I would imagine that maybe that there was a similar situation at the, the, the uh, doctor's place. You Is, know, it, I know is that, it hard to find a position to, to fulfill that position?
0: No, it's hard to, it's hard to find the job. Like, I'm lucky as hell that I have this job. I mean, it's one, we have since reconciled, everybody, we're all a family now. It's all good. Uh, but it's its hard to find a ranch manager position. Huh. And then as a ranch owner, yeah, it is somewhat difficult to find somebody that you can know and trust and, and is going to do what's best for your land and your cattle and your money and all that. Uh, but I don't think there are any shortage there's any shortage of people wanting to do that job i'm i gotta give
1: both of you a lot of credit because you know from the pictures i've seen you have this enormous shop on the premises yeah and you have this incredibly
0: big ranch and there's all sorts of wild exotic Uh, animals and stuff like that you know it's this place is it's all right size our family's ranch out in Arizona was much bigger. Hell, my neighbor, my next-door neighbor to the south, their place is 300,000 acres. Oh, my God. That's a big ranch. And I, this place is, is not not near that size. I just... It is... It is how long have you been at this place? Oh, uh, I think it'll be 13 years in August. Wow. Yeah, I've been here what, a while.
1: The gamble paid
0: off. Yeah. Because... I'm
1: not hiring my brother-in-law. I know? wouldn't have hired me. <laughs> I, it was, I mean, it's like, how do you, how do you reconcile? Well, you know, maybe you know, maybe you, his wife didn't like you anyway, so it wasn't like, oh no, she
0: hated me. And then there, there's there's also the a little why. bit, a little bit there with her too. I had somehow ended up at another party. This was between my sister getting married and going to this other wedding. I had ended up at some party that they were at at one point and she sat me down and I have never been cussed more thoroughly. Upside Up one side, down the other, right through the middle. I mean, she just sliced me to pieces.
1: Were you already working for her husband?
0: No, no, no. This was, this was in between my sister's wedding and then the wedding I was invited to where I got hired. Why did she tear you up? because she was mad at me for treating her baby boy bad
1: well i mean you know fair enough yeah you know.
0: whatever i didn't tell her what he
1: said i see i would see that's the difference between you and me you're you're a man i would have said you know what your you know what your son you know what your son said to to me about yeah, my no. sister no there's you no would have re-
0: taken a club to him too no you don't ever want to make a a mob just you know mad at her kid or look at you over look him. at you i
1: see you're you're not as See, i'm I, I one of the things about you that i've always known is that you're very well spoken you're very, very well thought out like i feel like i don't know i've kind of feel like this was a this is a real cowboy thing where you're
0: you you pick your words very carefully uh and no, I, I got the no, feeling I that don't. you're very thoughtful am i wrong i think a lot i think i i think more than i'm able to put into words but a lot of just what i've the way I think is not necessarily cowboy per se. It's just, you know, morals that have been instilled by into me by my parents. Yeah, but
1: you're very you're very concise. Like you I feel like you have this like there's some sort of weird chip in your head that kinda like condenses <laughs> all the words down and then just kind of puts it out into a very, very concise string of words.
0: That is I, I'm direct. Is yeah, blunt or direct. I've been when people are tr- being nice. I'm direct. Whenever I'm, I've been an asshole. I'm, I'm blunt.
1: It's interesting. This, it's. I mean, I now I'm starting to think that the reason why it was a good idea to hire you because in my opinion, it's like I'm very much along the lines of like I don't want to hire anyone who lives near me. Like I don't want to be. I don't want to run into them again. I want to. Bu- uh. I've got the feeling that your 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 boss liked the idea. That his wife didn't like you, so if you had to get rid of him, <sighs> maybe if, you had, you know, if he had to get rid of you, you got you got she's
0: you know she's on board. Oh, she was just chomping at the bit to fire me. Hell, he wouldn't have fired me. He'd have let her do it, and she'd have done it in With? spectacular fashion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, but I don't, I don't think that's it because I, that would have been cruel. One, he's not the type to bank on failure. He doesn't He doesn't hedge his bets at all. Like, he's all in on everything. And it would have just been an asshole move to hire somebody, have them move from Arizona, bring their new girlfriend with them, uh, get them set How- up in the house, get them a new cell phone, which they promptly lose into a septic tank. Oh, yeah. All of that with the intention of this isn't going to work out.
1: So when you sprung it on to Alex yeah. that you had this opportunity, I mean, you guys were only together for 3 months. Was that a hard decision for her to make to say let's move to this new ranch?
0: I think a little bit. So we were we discussed it, you know, while we were in Amarillo. That Monday we were driving home and I told her, you know, I'd like you to move with me and you know, if yeah, we'll get married soon like now. If that's what it'll take. Look at you. And I think hard, that's kind of hard bargain. Uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I liked her, a lot. Huh. Uh, but I think that's kind of the fact that I was that committed to her. At that point, I think is what sold it, and she. Would she? It took her a little bit because she was working for a bank in in Tucson, and so she had to. Give them two weeks, get a job lined up here, get moved and all that. So she was out here in about a month.
1: Ben Snur is all in. Yeah. You are all in. I, God damn. I, <laughs> did you plan on springing? Did you sit? Because if you're, you're only with her for three months. Yeah. And then you have this opportunity. Did you have... Was the marriage proposal in the in your back pocket just to sweeten the deal, or were you like, I want you to
0: move with me, I want you
1: to get married, I want to get married?
0: No, it was, I want you to move move here with me. At that point, I was pretty, like, I don't know, I just kind of knew this was the gal that that was right for me after we'd been set up on, on a blind date by a brand inspector who later went to prison for selling drugs. Uh
1: don't don't. That's, just, we're gonna bookmark that one. Yeah. We're booking. We're booking mark that one. We're gonna go back to him. We're gonna go back to him. No, it was okay go We're going back to her. We're going uh, back to her.
0: No, I just knew. I like. I had a pretty good idea that this this was the one for me, and we're gonna we're gonna do this. And if I I need her to for that to happen, she's gonna have to move with me. I'm not gonna do this long distance bullshit, dude.
1: I'm so impressed. See, but the thing is, in my family, because my dad was married four times, Yeah. like all my sisters and I, we are completely 100% um, into the, let's not fuck around, let's let's just make sure. So my, my sisters have been with their partners for over 20 years, and I'm actually coming up on my, I mean, marriage, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary in May, but we've been together almost uh almost almost 25 yeah. almost 30 years oh, close to the, we've been together for a long time so we're all very and we didn't get married we were together we were living together for six years before we got married so we're all very much along the lines of because my dad was like fruiting around and you know you know he was he was getting he got a, he got into, he married my mom after knowing her for two weeks he got married to her after two or See, three that's weeks that's pretty quick pretty quick so we're all very much along the lines of like Let's just make sure.
0: Well, and I, she said no, that wasn't necessary. And so she moved here. She lived in Amarillo for a while. And then there was kind of a weird situation, but she ended up moving out here to the ranch with me. And so we lived together for, for a while before we ended up getting married, you know, set our vows and all that. But the proposal was there, you know. Uh, She knew it was going to happen at some point.
1: I need to know the blind date story with the woman who went to prison. <laughs> you, can't, you can't drop that on me All and expect right, so me to like. it. Whenever bypass I was at it. the
0: feedlot, there was this brand inspector. You know what a brand inspector is? No. So whenever you buy and sell cows, they're not always around, but they're pretty often around at like feedlots and sale barns, and they just check the brands on the cows to make sure that the cows that are being sold are owned by the people whose brands are on them. Okay. And, you know, they're, they've actually, I mean, hell, it's a, they are a cop. They carry a gun, and they actually have got more jurisdiction than nearly any other cop. Hmm. Uh, but we were processing some, a, sh- a load of cows we'd got into the feedlot one morning, and one, she offered me cocaine that morning. <laughs> what? Uh, you know, she, yeah, she was like, you, you look tired, and this is like five o'clock in the morning. You look tired, and I was like, yeah. "Yeah, I am tired." Why don't you look in the front seat? And I was like, "All right, there's a dollar bill there. We'll look in the dollar bill." I was like, "Yeah, that's not for me." Uh, but uh, so anyway, she said, "I know this girl who I think you'd like." And turn, I mean that that's basically it. But then later, after she set us up on a blind date, we met. And later, she, her car was... She reported her car stolen. And then they found a, her car and a whole bunch of drugs in it. But the thing was, her car had not been stolen. It was... She had wrecked it with all the drugs in the back. Or in the oh trunk. Just... <laughs> I'm, tr- quite... I'm trying to think back if they're... Like, I know I did a bad job of that story, but... <laughs> no, I
1: mean... I mean, do you? Was there a lot of? I mean, I'm gonna to be honest with you. Growing up in New York City, I never really, saw, I never saw cocaine. We never saw it. Uh, so that's, like, that's
0: pretty much the only time I saw it.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah. I, so then that, how, that was so new to me.
1: So, but I mean, ultimately, it's kismet. I mean, it's this beautiful story of this criminal who sets you up with your wife.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you know, there was another just small part of it. I had just moved in, the day before I met her, I had moved in with a new roommate and we were going to this small town dance. And I asked, I told him, you know, I'm supposed to be meeting this girl there. I got an extra ticket, do you want to go? And he was like, yeah, I'll go. We hadn't got shit else to do. I had just met him the day before and his name was Vern and we walked in And Alex knows everybody in this building because it's a small town, smallish. And she sees me walk in and she happens to know this guy that I'm roommates with. And I have immediately got two strikes against me because she knew him from college and absolutely despised him. Why? Because apparently he had tried to con a couple of her friends into having sex with him by saying he was dying of cancer. Oh my God!
1: <laughs> oh my God! Who? I mean, uh,
0: that's, a, that's a that's the lamest it's, it's reason pretty, of all it's time. It's pretty damn low, but uh, once you figure on, out that right, I had I, I had literally tomorrow. just met him the day before, it was a little more all right. That is a that is that must be
1: one of the worst pickup lines of all time. <laughs> I mean, I, it's gotta be worse. I don't think there's anything worse than that. No, I don't. I don't. Maybe
0: I'm going to prison tomorrow. <laughs> this is my last night out. That's bad too. I, you know, I don't, I don't know, know. I mean, what's like, worse.
1: I mean, people don't really normally feel compelled to do things because of guilt, like especially to a stranger. Well, it's like, yeah, that is definitely a pretty low down. No,
0: it's horribly low.
1: So, but you redeem yourself, and now you're married, and yep with with all the outer uh i don't know hurdles of weird people it all worked out
0: uh yeah yeah it's it's going pretty good you got two kids that are sometimes all right sometimes Ah, they're hellions
1: all right well it shows you something
0: yeah so a number of months ago
1: or maybe a month or two ago you guys got involved with that huge freeze in texas
0: oh shit yeah that was that sucked what happened well let's see i guess we're it really wasn't all that long ago is we're about a month and a half ago yeah uh you know where i'm at in the panhandle we get cold it's not like austin or dallas or houston where they don't ever you know it doesn't ever get below freezing it gets cold here but it doesn't get cold like that and it was i think we went 10 days where our high was like 20 and most of those days that the majority of those days it was the high was like 10. that's crazy yeah and so we're just not equipped to handle that kind of cold for that long you know the the pipes are not buried deep enough uh
1: New York isn't like that. New York wasn't like that this year. Yeah. It's, had, it was cold, but it was like over, always in the
0: f- 30s. Yeah. it You know, and we hadn't had, the funny thing is, is around here and everybody talks about it. Growing up, we used to have winter. You know, we'd get a few snows every year, you know, a couple, you know, one to two feet at times. And it was, but it would always be in like 28 degrees, something like that to where you weren't having a big fear of losing your water. Uh, but this time, like I said, it was bad. We lost a few animals. The one, oh, the really? one lucky part of the Texas Panhandle is the Texas Panhandle is on a different power grid. For some strange reason, we have our own power grid. So when the rest of the state was out of power, we had power. Hmm. And that was kind of the one redeeming thing. Uh. But but
1: does did you not have heat? i don't understand
0: no we had heat because we've got electric heat in my house but we still burnt a hell of a lot of firewood which i was going out and cutting and or stealing from the boss's house Hmm. uh and then you know i put on on instagram i had thought i'd come out of this relatively unscathed because i was going down to the boss's house every day making sure they had water running there had taps running all of that heater was going it was warm was chopping ice every day for the animals for the most part they had survived there was some very very little baby calves that we lost and a baby zebra but i thought i was doing okay and then it thawed out and just everything the shit hit the fan everywhere The boss's house got flooded, my horse barn got flooded, broken pipes all over the place. It's just, that's why they, it's times like that is why they have somebody out here all the time.
1: Right. So what is, what are you guys gonna do in case it happens again? Cause I, in my mind. I pray. I'm thinking about like all these poor people in Texas who don't, you know, their pipes are bursting in the walls you know there's no yeah. insulation around the pipes in the walls so what do you do
0: you know that's a that's a, what are the, they say it's like a one in a hundred year type of freeze which is not quite true i've talked to some some guys that are older than me that are from around here and like back in the 70s they had a, like 20 days where it didn't get above freezing Ugh. And I mean, you, you do what you can, and you can't, you can't centralize, you know, your your life can't revolve around being afraid of that 3% chance. It's like we were talking about. You can't live in fear and just operate completely in fear of those things happening every year. It's, you do the best that you can. You insulate as much as, as possible but at the same time, you can't think of everything. Something's still going something's to still happen.
1: It's a t- Well, I mean, I, my sprinklers burst f- three years ago. Yeah. And since then, I made sure that I had the heat on at least to 40 degrees when I wasn't here yeah. in the winter. You know, it's just like, it's just because I don't want to be involved with that again. Well, and that's
0: you know? it. I mean, it's that little bit of do what you can. But say you have a gas leak somehow and you lose gas out of it and you don't know it's leaking. Beforehand, it's just shit happens. Got to keep going with it.
1: Speaking of shitting, shit happening, shit happening, <laughs> when you were on the first time, one of the things that was, uh, when you were on the first time, we talked about you being on Forge and Fire. Yeah. And we talked about what you would do if you got, you know, you didn't make it past the first round. Yeah. Right? That. Was a so so you you and I talked about it. You know we talked about the fact that you go feel free if you want. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, Ben Storm was in last summer, and we were talking about his time on Forge and Fire and how the fact that he just like it was a tough spot and he didn't you know he did he did the best he could and he ended up in the hotel room, you know waiting to for his flight. And what we talked Although, about was I was
0: in the I was in the hotel bar waiting for my you flight. were in the hotel bar. And what we were talking about was
1: what do you do if you're on Forge and Fire, things don't go your way, and you're stuck in Stanford for a couple days? Yeah. That rung, um, I got a lot of messages about that from, from people who were on Forge and Fire. And I'm, I'm going to be super vague because obviously don't want anyone to get in trouble.
0: Well, you had said one guy took a cabin in New York, went and explored. And that's exactly what one guy took a,
1: a train and explored New York. He said, "I did. I this is what exactly. I'm not going to sit around in a hotel in in Stanford." So I got a number of messages from guys in hotel rooms in Stanford, and um, I got one from a young uh, gentleman who sent a message to me saying, "I'm in Stanford with a couple days to kill." I know you and Ben Snur were talking about what to do in New York. I'm I'm all ears. And I kept it very much along the lines of, okay, here's what we're going to do. I gave him an itinerary. I gave him an entire itinerary on how to go to Penn Station, what you do when you're in Penn Station. I gave him three routes. I gave him a route, go on the high line and then go down to, you can see the Statue of Liberty, you can go to the, right on the way is... The 9/11 Memorial. You can kind of hook up and go to the, the 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 Brooklyn Bridge, and then you can, or you can go to Chinatown. Or I gave him the 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 uh, address to a. I gave him the non tourist, uh, great day in New York. Well, that's that's badass. And he sent me a message. He sent me messages, pictures all through the day. He's having a great time. That's awesome. I, I ended up talking to him. Um, And the first thing he said was, I'm from pick your deepest, darkest state in the United States. (laughs) Southern Southern Mexico. Keep, keep, pick your deepest, darkest, southernest state around. And he says, I'm from. We were always told that New York is a hellhole. It's a hellscape. And that people, and I also suggested to him, I'm like, look, don't. Be crazy. The people of New York are amazing. If you have a, a question, if you're lost, you have a question, ask a New Yorker. They're the best. Because growing up, we always knew that New Yorkers were helpful. Growing up, my mother was one of these New Yorkers are always helpful. So, it was always like, we all got a bad, New York's got a bad rap. So he said to me, he's like, I always thought, I was always told that New York is a hellscape. It's a disaster area. I had the best time. The people were so nice. Not a dick among... I didn't meet one asshole there. I was stunned at how I'd been told incorrectly New York was amazing. And I said, just tell your friends. He's like, what do you want? I said, like, just tell your friends. I, I said, I'm discreet. Just tell your friends.
0: It's not the way it was. It's not the way people are telling you. Well, now, New York, whenever you were younger, like in the 80s, 70s, 80s, wasn't it fairly sketchy in parts? It's parts, but I mean if you think about it if you think anywhere. about there's like
1: eight million people in a small area, yeah, and then there's like, you know, economic differences, you're gonna have some problems and you're gonna have some hustlers and you're gonna have, you know, prices are high and you're gonna have some hustlers, you know, and you're gonna have some bad experiences. Personally, I never I was only I was thinking about it this morning because I was trying to figure it out. The only crime I ever witnessed in New York was I was chased a couple times by some other high school kids. That's it. Like two, three times. Yep. I mean, it's not abnormal. You know, that's not crazy. I wasn't, I never saw drugs. I saw a lot of weed, but that's about it. I was never, I never saw uh, one guy, pull, one of the guys who chased us did pull a, you know, pull a gun out of his waistband. But other than that, I mean, it was like, if you think about 16 years, 17 or 18 years growing up in New York, and then on top of that, another... You know, eight years living in New York, I never really saw a lot of crime. I want to but know I mean, where obviously you sent him to. I wasn't looking for it either. Well, I also sent him down to like where? Uh, where'd you for, send him to go eat? John's Pizzeria. I've never heard the of the best it, but pizza I in New York. It. It's the best. It's Barstool Sports says it's a nine in the pizza. That's, it's that's, it's the considered. I grew up eating John's of Bleecker Street, best pizza. And he had a great time. It's high price. and it was interesting. It was interesting to me because I got irritated because there are people out in the world who are trying to tell you what they want you to know. And it isn't true. And this guy was like, he was, he was willing to have a good time. you know. And I sent him, I mean, he was very intrepid, very intrepid. And he had a great time. He, he had a long day. I was telling my wife all the places he went, and she's like, that is a long day. If we have people come to New York and we take them around, that's a long day. But it was very much along the lines of it was irritating to me because I I hear what people I had an art teacher in college and I used to draw in his drawing class and he used to say to me draw what you see not what you know because I'll know like if you're looking at an apple and it doesn't look like it looks like what you think an apple looks like I'll know so don't draw what you know draw what you see and the problem is, is we're getting like one of the biggest problems is we're 're we're, we're making decisions on base what we think we know, not what we actually see. And it was a very interesting situation. But the funny thing was it was like I've got since we've since we've talked about it, I've gotten a number of messages about it. and if you happen to be in um, if you happen to be in Stanford, you know what I'm talking about, uh-huh. DM me, I'll give you a great one day itinerary.
0: Well that well shit, that kind of makes me want to go back and get kicked off first.
1: Well, I mean, it was it was interesting, but it was irritating because it was just like this is the problem in this country. You know, we've all we've all we hear what we're 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 hearing things from people with agendas, whether mostly politicians. And they're having an agenda based on fear or based on this and based on that. And then it's not based on it's 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 all it's all who benefits from from spreading these rumors. New York is not a hellscape. Obviously, you can find one if you want to, but it was really much along the lines of he, his eyes were opened to the fact that it was a great tourist experience you know, people real nice.
0: But what you're saying is right. It depends. You can find shitty places if you look, and if you're trying to avoid those, it's not that hard. I mean, hell, I've been all over the damn world, seen a lot of stuff, and have yet to like fear for my life.
1: It just was like, it was a couple things. One was I was happy to be like the ambassador to New York for this guy. You know, I honestly, be honest with you, all these shows get me kind of like, you know, I just get a little bit irritated because I feel like they're sending these, these kids are coming from all over the world or all over the country to be on these TV shows and they're kind of disregarded to a certain degree. Like... If I'm on one of these TV shows that you have a potential to be sitting in a hotel room for a couple days, I'm going to have the Forge and Fire uh, itinerary of, here's what you should do. Uh, You need to just
0: have it somewhere so people can reference it all the time.
1: I'm going to, if you're listening to this podcast and you're on one of these shows and you get thrown off, I am discreet, DM me, I will send you an itinerary.
0: So what you're saying is New York City is not like Law and Order SVU 24-7.
1: Look, I'm not going to say that it's, not, it's the safest city in the world, but it's like at the same time, I'm telling you, the worst city I've ever been in, in my life in terms of the volume of crime was San Francisco. I was at my cousin's wedding. This was when my daughter was very young. We saw in three days, we saw more crime than I had seen in my entire life. Wow. We saw thieves. We saw. It was, it's incredible what we saw. I was surprised at the level of crime that we saw in lots of like lots of lots of crime, but I mean New York isn't the case. Well,
0: I trust you. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. <sighs> I'd, I'd like to. I Alex has really wanted to visit. I've been to New York a couple of two three times, but not in quite a while. But I'd I'd really like to come, bring her, and and just take a few days and show her all of it because that is something that's so foreign to us and she used to live in phoenix she knows what a big city is like but new york is it's new york it's the big apple it's the big apple it's one of the
1: look i can't explain it but the, the fact remains is that like we're all in this position of we're all and i don't want to be i'm not a i am not I try not to be pre- one of the things that i try to these podcasts are meant to be like standalone episodes and i'm glad you're here because we can just kind of fuck around but I what I don't want to be is preachy. And I got a little preachy there and uh, you know. Well, that's live all right. your life. You sold, I'm with you, you sold me. I sold you? All right. Well, well, that's the way it is. So tell me some tell me uh, what's uh what are you doing? What is it, why are there zebras on that ranch? You got you said you got zebras yeah, on the ranch.
0: Because what's going on with them? Why wouldn't you want zebras if you got money? I like, oh, you know if you're a, a neurosurgeon and your wife wants zebras, you get some fucking zebras. But they just run around? Yep. they, You know, for the most part, we've got a bunch of miniature donkeys, too. And they kind of go between hanging out with the miniature donkeys and hanging out with the horses. But those zebras are some mean assholes. Hell, one of them tried to bite my thumb off one time, and then it very nearly killed my dog. Why? Uh... The... Was it, like, brought over from Africa or something? No. No, they've been here a while. I mean, it's... It's like everything else. I mean, if you really want something, you can find it and buy it.
1: So uh, his animals, the neurosurgeon's animals, are all just kind of to chill out. They're not for hunting. They're not. For... Uh,
0: you know, we do hunt some. We've got a some animal. We've got elk that get hunted. A lot of feral hogs, and oddad, and oddad. An What's that? An oddad is technically called original name is a Barbary sheep, and they're from. They're native to the Atlas Mountains in Morocco. Uh, And coincidentally, I have seen wild Audad in the Atlas Mountains of Morocco. But in the 50s, you know, the government in like the 40s and 50s were trying to, for some reason, bring in all these oddball animals and just see how they did in the United States. They brought camels over, they brought Audad over, they brought mongo monkeys, mongoose? mongooses, mongoose, however you say. Your guess the is good as mine.
1: Your guess is good as mine. Yeah,
0: mongooses over from Jamaica, <laughs> putting the Texas Panhandle to see if they'd kill rattlesnakes, which failed miserably. Uh, but that the audad where I'm at in part of the Paladura Canyon is similar climate and terrain to the Atlas Mountains of Morocco, and so they've just, they've not overpopulated they've just done extremely well here. Huh. And they're kind of a bighorn sheep that they got big horns that curl back around. Uh, they're, they're pretty neat animals. I'll try, I'll try to get a p- couple of pictures of them up.
1: Hmm.
0: Huh. So you feed all these animals or they just graze? Uh, like the oddad don't get, they they'll go to deer feeders every so often, but the rest of them, we've got deer feeders set up and for the most part that's just so you can see them as they come up and eat corn and which doesn't have just a whole lot of nutritional value compared to good grass or protein pellets Uh, but yeah that's what we got we've got a few other African we've got some uh, scimitar horned oryx which is one with real long pointy horns but really, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier with the winter, most of the African game does not do well enough to do real good here because of harsh winters.
1: So what happens to them?
0: Well, Like the Oryx, they'll get frostbite around the base of their horns, and so their horns snap off, and then they've, got, they've lost all defense mechanism other than running. But do they survive? Uh, yeah, but they don't look that good. Other animals we've had... Just die. I mean, and it's not and like also, something you can get them in a barn and keep them warm and snuggle them all winter.
1: I was just about to say, I mean, these wild animals are not going to come to the barn and chill out in a manger. Yeah. And what do you do with them when they die? Find them later. Now, you had, I had once saw a picture of the rattlesnake problem you have. <laughs> yeah. You shot a rattlesnake right by where your kids oh, play. Oh, shit.
0: I, every year I kill at least two rattlesnakes on the back porch. Every year. Have you ever had rattlesnake problems? Uh, You mean just like, I've never been bitten. My dog has been bitten. Uh, Knock on wood, I've never been bitten. But, I mean, that's something. I don't, I'm not. A big hunter, I'm not a killer, just a huge killer of things. Rattlesnakes, I have a zero tolerance policy for them. I will kill any of them I see. Are they very aggressive? Uh, They can be. Now, the weird thing about a rattlesnake in this part of the world is they have sort of evolved with the pig population growing. So the pigs will eat rattlesnakes, and somehow, like, it... Alive? Yeah, well, they'll kill them and eat them, but they're kind of like a honey badger. I don't think that rattlesnake venom particularly affects pigs. What? Yeah. And so the rattlesnakes will, would hear them rattling and kill them and eat them. And so now the, the scary thing is the rattlesnakes, for the most part, have stopped rattling. They'll coil up and be ready to strike, but they don't rattle
1: you're telling me because they're used to the fact that the the fucking pigs don't give a shit yeah they stop rattling correct that seems like that seems like a scary evolution it is
0: it is uh you know used to that was kind of your go-to thing is you're fairly safe walking around because rattlesnakes will feel vibration in the ground whether you're riding a horse or walking on the ground, they'll feel it and coil up and start rattling and alert everything around that I'm here and I will bite the shit out of you. And now they've stopped doing that.
1: I think I'd be more scared of rattlesnakes than coronavirus.
0: Nah, hell. Nah. But you see them every day. No, not every day. (sighs) But I see them often enough to hate their guts and livers. Jesus. Yeah, rattlesnakes, I, I'm i not a, particularly a fan of snakes or lizards or any of that, even though I'm horny toad forage. Horny toad gets a pass anyways. They're different. But what, uh,
1: Now, that's the, that's the next thing. So you call it your shop the horny toad Forge. Yeah. Tell me about where that came from.
0: So do you know what a horny toad is? Not really. All right, so it's this little kind of... You know, most of the time you think of a lizard and this elongated kind of snake-like shape with legs sticking out, and a horny toad is more round. Like it's you look down on it, it's it's kind of flat from the side, but if you look down on it, it's kind of got a round body, a little stumpy tail, and a head with horns on it, and not just like two horns coming out like a cow. It's got spikes, like little little looks like a little dragon head, and they're a funny little animal in that. Their defense mechanism, for whatever reason, is they will spit blood out of their eye. What? Which, yeah, I'm going to scare you off by, by giving you a little taster. Uh, they'll, spit, they'll squirt a little bit of blood out of their eye as their main defense mechanism. And then also, if you turn them on their back and you scratch their belly, they will go paralyzed. And you can just walk around scratching its belly and it'll stay there for like an hour.
1: But what is the eye squirting blood? Fuck if I know. <laughs> so it's not really like, I mean, it's not like venom. It's just their own no, blood. No, it's
0: blood. And it, it's the dumbest defense mechanism maybe ever. But you'd think that just the horny part would be the problem. Uh, yeah, I mean. Like, do animals eat them? I'm sure you're given the opportunity. Jeez. I've never seen there them. There're a lot of those around your shop. You know, and that's the thing, and that's part of why I'm horny toad forage growing up, you used to be able to find, you know, I could I I could go out behind the house and find like 10 of them in an afternoon. It wouldn't be that big a deal. But just they have their their numbers have dwindled drastically. But one day I was working in the shop, and you've seen the pictures of the shop, it's a big place. Yeah. And in wanders, like right beside me, a tiny baby horny toad about the size of a quarter as I'm sitting there hammering on some steel. And I just thought, well, I guess that's me. I'm horny toad forge.
1: That's a good reason. How's the hammer business these days? Hammer
0: business is good. Hammer business is good. It's hard to keep up with demand. Is it? Yep. But that's great. So, is everything coming out of WellShot.com? Uh, WellShot.com is my main place and the easiest easiest and quickest to get it. Uh, but then I, do, I still take plenty of custom orders as well. Damn. And, you know, I, I'm kind of trying to steer more business of just the standard hammers to WellShot, and then I'm doing kind of more of the funner ones like the Damascus hammers and that sort of thing.
1: Is it hard running this business and running the ranch at the same time? And
0: having a family that you want to spend time with, yes, it is. So it what's is the tough to balance? And I have not really found a great balance yet. I would think that.
1: I would think that that would make it very hard because, you know, your hammers are beautiful. I got two of them. Two of them or three? I of think them? two. I think I got two. I got two. They are beautiful. Thank you. And they're very distinct and the handles and the hammers and the wedges they're very elegant
0: they're very elegant I, you know i'm i'm kind of a believer in every every part counts it's it's all part of the whole and if every part of that hole is nice then the whole thing is better than it would be if you were just looking at the whole picture so if you had to
1: if you had to what is what would you imagine how many hammers do you need to make to fulfill
0: the desire of people wanting your hammers. Do
1: you just get DMs saying, I want to buy a hammer? Yeah,
0: I kind of got a. I, I generally have about 30 hammers on order all the time.
1: Not di- separate from Wellshot. Separate
0: from Wellshot.
1: Jesus Christ. And then how often do you have to f- fulfill
0: Wellshot? Uh, not all that often. You know, every three or four months, he'll call up and, you know, order like 20. And I hate to say this and be rude, but. You know, they kind of take priority whenever it it he he places orders, just because he sells. But why so would many. that be rude? I don't. You know, because there's other people that are waiting, and I try to yeah, they st- throw in other hammer, you know, other custom orders with the well shot hammers. But the well shot is, you know, kind of my bread and butter whenever it comes it, down to it. And they stood by
1: you from the date
0: from the right beginning. from the get go.
1: So, yeah, that's not rude. That's being loyal. Yeah. And I'm nothing if this not being loyal. loyal, I'm and a team player. You're a team player. To the point where I, I, I've been enjoying the way your your whole persona, and I don't even want to call it a brand. I hate it when people call it a brand. Your whole, your whole thing, the whole Ben Snore thing has grown so beautifully. And it's just been so fun to watch to the point where you just went down to demonstrate ha- uh, Travis Wirtz's
0: place. Yeah, and that was a hell of a lot of fun, and I was extremely flattered for them to invite me down there. Because I mean, they they get good people, and then they have me to point and laugh at, is what I initially thought. Uh, but you know, it's it's kind of funny how many guys, and even these tremendous master smiths, don't know how to hang a hammerhead on a handle. Mm. And so
1: tell me, so who who reached out to you initially to uh, be involved? Mike
0: Quisenberry is the one who got a hold of me, and he was kind of my point man on the whole deal. Uh, I guess he sort maybe sort of arranges talent for all of that and while Travis is off building grinders and bouncing off the walls because <laughs> he was a pretty high-energy individual. Was yes. he? he? Yeah, he was a hoot. Uh, but, yeah, it was mainly just through Mike and, you know, one of the – things he said and it's something you and i've kind of talked about is just because you can do something really well doesn't mean you have a personality and or can talk about what you're doing right and that was one of the things he wanted was somebody who can who can just get up there and talk and i can it's interesting
1: it's interesting because there is i think that there's a strange there's this strange opinion that someone's talent is enough Unfortunately, talent is important, but you have to be able to express it as well. That's one of the things that I've been seeing in a lot of, you know, I've been involved with, you know, blacksmithing things since the, you know, 2005, 2004, 2003, 2004. And it's like, you can tell when someone's really talented, but if they can't kind of explain what they're doing, you're just, your talent's not enough. You have to be able to kind of like, especially in what we're doing, because I would imagine the kind of people who are going to Travis Wirtz's thing, they're already bladesmiths, they're already blacksmiths, and they're already looking for, they already have the, you know, vocabulary down, they have the understanding, they're not like, you know, being, you know, like coming
0: to some. I mean, there were some beginners there, but then you had, you know, some really tremendous smiths there like who? Oh, like like Rick Hall. Good dude. Yeah, he's a good dude and it's making some really great knives. Uh huge, he's a huge guy. I met a guy and he was another demonstrator, but he also was like I can't I don't know how to hang a hammer and it was a guy named Owen Wood. I don't know if it's Wood or Woods. Makes the most insane knives I've ever seen in my life. I mean, they're very art deco looking folding knives that just absolutely blew me away. Um uh, but he was also really good to watch. Hmm.
1: But, so they wanted you to
0: to demonstrate forging a hammer? Or? They, he just, Mike just asked me if I wanted to come demonstrate. And I was like, well, I know how to make a hammer. So we'll do that. And then in addition to demonstrating, like, you know, the night before we did that, like West, I, I took us. I am notoriously bad to be to strike for because I don't communicate at all. And I've got a buddy here who's a farrier and who struck for me a lot and kind of knows what my grunts and silence mean. And so he rolled down there with me. And the night before, we made a couple of hammers. A couple of other guys were there early. We made some hammers for them. Uh, the night after I first demonstrated, we made a couple more hammers for some other kids that were there that were wanting to get started and didn't have a whole lot of tools. Because, you know, hell, one guy, it was kind of funny, one guy asked us, he Weston and I, what do y'all do for fun? And we both kind of just looked at each other like, this is what we do for fun. Yeah. And he was like, "What? I, I mean, do you go do other things? And it was like, yeah, I, I get like, I go fishing and then I forge, this is what we do. And it just kind of blew his mind that, you know, we're there ostensibly on a job, but it's still doing what we do for fun.
1: I'm not surprised. That doesn't surprise me at all. Because when, when I do anything with Cliff and John and Jesse, you know, it's, it's, I can't imagine. I love John. I love Cliff. I love Jesse. I love them all. I love Carrie. I can't imagine. Dave's fine. Dave, <laughs> uh, Dave, you're fine. The problem with Dave is he texts me only when he's got a problem. He doesn't. Te- he doesn't. You know. He just. He got a problem. That's when he texts. Oh yeah. Me. But I do. He's he's my pain in the ass, and I'm perfectly happy <laughs> with that. Um i can't imagine us all just going and going fishing yeah like it would be weird if we all didn't forge something together you know and that's the reason why when we do um like maker camp or something like that i mean it, for us it's fun otherwise you know that's what we do I, i'll tell you a funny story when we were at maker camp two years ago Um, we had, we, we did our demo or whatever. We just fucked around. There was no like, you know, from this time to this time, we're just going to, we just told Chris, who was running the whole thing, we're just going to forge. And then we had dinner and then afterwards we went back to the forge. Yeah. And I think, I think there were a couple of people like, you're, you're, you're going to keep working. And we're like, yeah, this is what we're here for. And I know that I went to bed early, but I know that the boys, they went, they wanted to keep going. I mean, that's just, if you want to do it.
0: That's what you're there for, and it's fun. It is fun. So what was your takeaway from the whole event? Uh, My takeaway is that I have ADD when it comes to something that I am not just hugely interested in, like grinding a knife. Yeah. (laughs) You mean watching grinding a knife? Yeah, I can't hardly, I can't watch that. (sighs)
1: These demos are hard. Because all of them, even the blacksmithing ones, and you and I have talked about this. Because people want to see instant; they want to see instant shit. They want to see instant results. Yeah. They're not going to sit around for heats and heats and heats. They're not going to watch a demo for two hours. I remember, I remember once when I first was at the Center for Mental Arts, and Hoffy would do, full, and this is an old man. I gotta go. Worry, Hoffy would real do quick, classes. Right okay. Uri Hafi would do classes all day long. He'd have classes from the morning. We'd get there, he'd be at, ready to go. He'd do it into the afternoon and then we would do it through to dinner. And then after dinner, he would demo all through the night. And I just didn't, it wasn't for me. I mean, it just was like, I was guy, it got exhausting and watching these heats over and over again were the worst. Are you back? Well, let's just talk about our sponsor. Let's just talk about our sponsor once again, Axe Wax. That's right, everybody. Axe Wax. Axe Wax is all-natural, food-safe for, wax for your axe. Wax your axe with Axe Wax. And when you put on promo code Blast 10 you get 10% off. I would say I would say no one's ever really left for a beer or a leak. This would be this would be the first time. I'm not mad about it. I'll just talk to you guys cuz I don't want Craig to have to do the editing, but fine. 100%. Got Ben Snore here let's talk about who we're going to have next week. We're going to have Matt Stagmire coming up. I got a few other guys. Parion knives will be here. Uh, I got a special guest that I can't talk about yet. He should be. He, f- hopefully, we're figuring it out for two weeks. Once he's done, then we'll talk about it. We're Who else are we going to have? We're going to have a f- pile of people. All right, back. Have a pile of, all right, you're back. I had to do some filler talk. Sorry about that.
0: No problem. Uh, one thing I noticed about that deal out there is how many okay. younger Smiths were there. Out of, you know, I'd say... of them were young guys and some of them were damn young and were really handy and it's just neat to see and you know for the most part they were knife makers but they were all really interested in making a hammer and whenever we did that they were striking for it but it's just I don't I don't know it's it's neat to see to be able to help younger people do this do you think you'll do more demos Uh, I would like to yeah yeah i i would it's it's and especially as the world opens back up like the makers camp deal i've talked to you know i was supposed to go and and bunk with chris last year and hang out with the uh the modern forge guys and chris cash which i don't is he officially a member of modern forge i don't know
1: you'd have to ask you'd have to ask john john ariani's in charge of uh enrollment
0: all right well uh yeah as far as i'm concerned it's fine yeah i i would and i'd like to go go do that this year, you know, this fall. There's just a lot of things. I yeah, i'd like to demonstrate more. Now you've been teaching it well shot, haven't you? Uh no. Well, informally yes. Yes and no. So they have that shop night, which will be tomorrow night. And for the most part it's everybody helping everybody. It's not a formal, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're gonna make tongs or we're gonna draw a taper or anything like that. You know, new guys show up, they don't have any idea, which I was one of them whenever I first went there, I've got no idea where to even start. And I'm intimidated by these other guys who can swing a hammer so well. And a guy pulled me aside and was like, have you forged? And I was like, well, I've tried. Well, here's a horseshoe, make it straight. I was like, well, that doesn't sound very hard. But I, start, I started going after it and it was not exactly hard, but with a few pointers, it was a whole hell of a lot easier. Right. And then I was like, all right, what now? We'll make it, now turn it into a circle. And he gave me some pointers on make, turning it into a circle and it went really well. And then he asked me if I wanted to forge weld it. And I did, and I was completely hooked after that. So, so my first real time forging with any other people I got to forge weld and it just blew me away it, that was something that I never thought I would be able to do it was black magic and now I have I have decided that 75% of being able to forge weld out of a coke forge is confidence is knowing you can do it and then doing it
1: do you think As when you're looking past, you're looking past now, what's the goal? What do you think besides the fact that, you know, obviously you have to figure out ways to make your hammers faster because clearly the demand is still there. One of the things I love about your hammers, besides the the fact that they are beautiful, is they are approachable for especially, you know, people
0: starting out, you know, they're not expensive, you know? You know, yes and no uh you know i i would consider my hammers to be kind of on the higher higher end of the price scale I, i'd say they're definitely on the higher end of the price scale and my hammers aren't going to do anything that a you know 30 dollar nordic forge hammer isn't going to do but and it happens to i think nearly everybody is you get your 30 dollar nordic forge hammer you use it for a little bit you kind of start getting comfortable with it, and then you think, you know, I can I can treat myself to something that I will take pride in using. And that's where I think my hammers really come into play as, you know, this is more of a luxury than just a tool, but I can use it and also take pride in using it. See, but
1: I don't see your, you say they're on the high side. I don't think that they are. I think that there I think that most of the time, most things under $300 dollars that are handmade are not that expensive. you know if you want something handmade and you know what it is I agree. I don't feel that that's a big investment.
0: Well I like the I like the way you think. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah I mean I, I agree. I, I definitely agree. I mean if you look at handmade knives and especially, you know, if if it's like a fully, like a forged integral chef knife, I mean, there's a $1,000 at least, isn't it? There's, there, but there's so much more involved.
1: You know, that's the thing. It's one of the things I hate about knife. I, I really, I struggle with, I don't struggle with pricing. If it was up to me, I'd rather have my, I want my shit to be approachable. My sculpture has been always the same. I mean, I've been said this a million times, but I grew up in New York where my idol was Keith Haring, who was a, was a graffiti artist. And he took art and he brought it to the people. He brought it into the streets. And it was this sense of being approachable. I've always felt that I'm not trying to make a career out of every sculpture. I'm not trying to make a career out of every knife. I don't nickel and dime myself. and I don't want to nickel and dime my customer. But at the same time, I would rather my customer have my knife than for them to you know really 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 dig deep on it and i yeah. once in a while i have to do it we charge by the inch and you know the figuring it out and stuff like that but like there are certain processes that are just hard not to be inexpensive. i mean it's no, hard can, to make an integral chef's knife yeah, inexpensive
0: exactly i mean it's it's labor time and skill intensive i mean you it, there's a certain amount of skill that you've got to be able that you have to somewhat mastered to even be able to do it personally
1: I would prefer to sell a stock removal knife because I can usually get into someone's hands who may not be a custom knife buyer I would rather that because I like the fact because I end up getting like return business yeah you know and I think that it's also being a pro I think that being approachable is important and there's not one hammer maker that I've met who I felt like their hammers are like out of the ballpark. like I feel like I feel like that two hundred dollars range, I don't think that that's I don't think that's out of the ballpark at all. I think that's very reasonable.
0: Well, and you know, for me, like I said, i'm I'm kind of at the higher end of the hammer market. I feel like my product, my hammers reflect that. but then, as far as pricing, it's basically the way I look at it is I've got to make it worth my while to be away from my family at night. Right. If I was, I've, I think my prices would be different if I was doing this nine to five every day or, you know, whatever just normal hours are. Right. But since I'm doing this, you know, just as I can and mainly at night, it's that's time I'm spending away from, from my family. And that's got to got a monetary value for me.
1: That is interesting because you know when coronavirus started before when I started the last metal shop I was at which is in my town, we worked Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And you get overtime and that was fine. But it was like we the overtime was fine, but at the same time I didn't like being away from my family. And when I started this business, I felt like I have got to push 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 because there's no no one's gonna help this company get bigger. So I worked Saturdays. Yeah. I worked Saturdays for a few years. And it really it was it was hard. It was hard on my family because, you know, I wasn't around. You know. Oh, I, I completely. Or I would understand. do three quarters of a Saturday or something. Doesn't matter. I was tired when I got home, whatever. When coronavirus hit and my kid was home and there was no school and she was alone, I took Saturdays off. And part of it is also because my wife was on call. So my wife was on call, she had to work some Saturdays, and I was just like, fuck this, it ain't worth it. And ever since then, I've really kind of been, number one, more efficient. But it's been interesting to me in terms of like, making that decision to be like, all right, I'm not working Saturdays anymore, because I need to spend it with my family. It's, It's made me a better
0: person, I think. Well, and I, I've kind of been coming to that realization myself of whenever it comes down to it, my family is more important. So I've been work. you know, I used to work most mostly Saturdays. Now I kind of go up there like if the kids end up taking a nap on a Saturday afternoon, I go up there while they're taking a nap. And I'll work on hammers. And then I come back versus just going all afternoon but it's the orders hammer sales are hammer sales but my family is is far more important and if somebody can't handle a little longer wait because i want to be there for my family then i don't need them
1: I don't think that's ever the case
0: is it you know but whenever you're trying to build a business and it's like you said you feel like you got to push 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 and you got to grow that business you don't think about that and that now kind of what you're saying of it's not worth it I'm not going to work Saturdays I'm going to be there for my kid is sort of more where I'm I'm getting to be as well
1: well it was really it was really it's it's made a huge difference in my family which is I mean they're all much I mean They've said to me that this has been a, you know, an easier situation because I'm not at the shop yep. all the time, you know, and it's hard. It's hard to make that decision of like when's enough enough. It's hard to the balancing is hard. It,
0: it that's that is the hard part. And like you, whenever I've got a full time job running the ranch, and then I've got a family, and then I'm I basically got another full time job, building hammers. It seems like you know the family is the one that gets the short end of the stick most of the time all the time and I don't I don't like that and they don't deserve that and so I'm trying to family hold better about it but it I mean it is hard because I'm trying to build a business and still trying to grow and provide a, a product that people want what time do you go to bed at night? Late, like well, eleven. Uh, I generally like if I'm at the shop at night, I probably get home about eleven fifteen, eleven thirty. I like to so, I like to just sit for a little bit, so it'll be about twelve before I go to bed. So.
1: So you finish at the ranch, you come home for dinner, and then go right back to the shop.
0: Yeah, we eat dinner. That is one thing I will say that we do that I like. And my wife was raised this way, I was raised this way, is we sit down as a family and eat dinner every night. We do too. Good for you.
1: Oh, dude. My, uh, I grew up in a family that we ate in separate rooms. Oh, really? When my parents were divorced, my mom would go to her room, I'd go to my room. No, we was we sat not down
0: good. every day, every night. You know, when when you get a little older, high school age and stuff, it gets to be tougher because you got things going on. But you know, every chance we could, we set ate, ate a meal as a family every night. And uh, so I'm I'm here at six for dinner every night. Help get get kids ready for bed, go to bed, all that, and then I go back to the shop by about seven thirty eight. So eight till 11 15 11 30. it's a long night it's a long it's night. A long day it's a long day and then what time are you up for the ranch oh about 7 45 oh well, that's not long. Totally no good. no I'm've I'm, I've always had a hard time getting up I'm just not a morning person hmm. I wish it was but
1: I need a good cowboy story We've got to finish this up with a good cowboy story.
0: How about just an interesting story? I'll take an interesting story. Not necessarily cowboy. Whatever you want. So one day... is yours. I was going to town to buy feed. And I'm... I was driving down the road. And we've got a mailbox at the end of the road. I got to go through a gate to get out onto the highway. And the mailbox is on the other side of the highway. So I, I pull up there... And there's something on top of the mailbox. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I keep looking, I get the gate, pull through the gate, close the gate behind me, and I walk over and there is a mole, a dead bloated mole, like a burrowing blind mole that's in the ground, sitting on top of the mailbox. That's weird. That's weird. I, that, I mean, that's kind of the end of the story. Like, there's no come punchline on. or anything like that. But it's that's it. How the fuck does a mole from out of the ground end up on top of my mailbox? Well, somebody put it there. Maybe a bird dropped it there. How does a bird drop it on a round, like a round topped mailbox? Well, somebody put it there. Well, there's no tra- tire tracks or anything like that. It's you got to be out there. You got to come mess with me. You got to be coming out here a long ways. Like, oh, so you think that well, what I, do you I, think I, happened? I, I somebody I, I guess somebody was messing with me, but I really had no idea. Maybe the mailman. I don't think they'd that wouldn't that be a federal crime for them?
1: I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know about mole on no. mailbox crime. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know from that. I, I'm, I i was waiting for another No, I was waiting for something serious. No, I was no, waiting they're, for it like, to be a bomb no, or it's something.
0: Just, just weird. Like there's just weird. All right, give you one more. Uh, all right, one more. I need
1: one more Ben Snore story. You tell me a story. The mole and I'll story. One. I thought was going somewhere. No.
0: That, okay. Well, How often do you hear about a mole on top of a mailbox?
1: <laughs> Never. Never. That's the first time.
0: Uh, That's the first time. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. All right. Okay. So this was back whenever I was in Arizona, and I was working for Rick. And I went to Douglas, Arizona is where the Walmart was and this is where we got our groceries. And I coincidentally ran into my friend Wes there and I asked him what he was doing. He's like, he said, I'm going down to uh, Mexico to buy some horses, you wanna go? I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. So I'm like, okay. I call Rick, ask him if he gives a shit if I go. And of course, Rick doesn't care about anything that I do at least. Uh, So I park my truck in the Walmart parking lot. We pull through the border and we go to this guy named Manny's house. And Manny's family must have a fair amount of money because they had the full on gated Hacienda. Like you got to, they got a guy there that would open the gate, you pull in, they close the gate behind you, you pull into this courtyard. We go in, Manny's mom makes us this fabulous meal. We have fresh squeezed watermelon juice to drink it with and then by that time it's about six o'clock and manny's like well what do y'all want to do and we're like we don't care so let's go drive around and man so we drive around and the first stop is a convenience store where they we buy beer and down there they don't just put your beer in your cooler in the back they put your 24 beers of your 30 pack in the cooler with ice and then they hand you a 6 pack in the window so you can drive around and drink a little bit <laughs> and so right. at that point he's like let's go to the strip club and I'm like alright which has never really been my my flavor I'm not a person who likes to watch a steak get cooked and then not eat it <laughs> uh, <laughs> but turns out at this strip club after about nine o'clock you can also eat the steak that you've just been been watched cook as well and you know drunk little dumb ben he's like well that sounds kind of fun how much money have i got turns out i had two hundred dollars to my name and i that doesn't get you anywhere which is probably for the best but uh I ended up losing my $200. I didn't get it put back in my wallet right. I got as drunk as I've ever been in my entire life that night. We go back to Manny's, we pass out. We get up in the morning at like six o'clock and they're like, it's time to go get these horses. I'm like, oh God, where do we gotta go? And they're like, I don't really know. What do you mean you don't know? Well, they're somewhere south of us. Well, that's the entire country of Mexico, Manny. Where are these horses? So he doesn't really say anything. We all pile into a single cab Ford F-150 with racks on the back of it. And we start taking off south. And every little town we stop at, we're like, do you know these horses? Mm Hmm. Wait. Are these wild horses? No, they're two horses that they had heard were like supposed to be these really great horses. These two colts. Really great colts. We're going to go pick them up. Meanwhile, I'm riding bitch in this pickup. And I'm just dying of thirst in a country where I can't drink anything. And I have got zero money. I cannot buy a bottle of water to drink. And so at some point, I get in the bed of the truck so I can puke out the side of it ever so often and we just keep traveling south trying to find these horses and like I said how far are you how far have
1: you driven by now
0: we're probably about four hours south of the border by now oh my I god I mean we went way the hell down there and like I said just these little towns and we just randomly asking people do you know so and so with these horses no and then finally we get to a town yeah he's in the next town over and then we get to that town. He's in the next town over. We finally get these horses and I'm like I'm going to have to get back in the cab of this truck, in the truck because I can't ride back ride back here with the horses because we backed into a ditch and jumped the horses into the bed of the truck. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I don't understand. What happened to the horses? We didn't take a trailer down there to haul the horses. We jumped them into the bed of the truck and tied them to the headache rack to drive back north to the border. So the drive that took us five hours to get down there to them, then in our F-150 and me still hung over, takes about six hours to get back because the bumper is dragging the entire way.
1: Oh my... And the horse is just standing in the
0: bed of the pickup Yeah, I mean, there's some rails around it, but not very good ones. Now, the... The final result of the story is we get back, they've got to, whenever you're bringing horses over the border, they've got to be quarantined for 30 days, run blood tests on them, make sure they're safe to cross the border. Usually you can grease a palm or two to make it go a little quicker. but in this case it didn't work. The horses, I don't even remember what, what disease they had, but they had something wrong with them. Nobody got their horses.
1: Oh my god. So what do they put the, what do the, the horses like hang out in a, a quarantine yeah, stall? Yeah, they
0: have they have corrals there at the border for for livestock either cows or horses, just whatever's crossing, you've got to be quarantined. They they've got stockyards for them there at the border that they keep them in hold them and like I said there's a vet that a state vet will run run blood tests on them and And do you have to do you have to pay oh, to yeah. like
1: keep them alive for 30 oh, yeah. days?
0: Oh Jesus! This sounds like a terrible yeah, story. Yeah, and it was completely
1: all for nothing. D- disappointment from stem to stern. I don't know. I had a, except for Manny's mom's. I, a good I, I cook. was
0: gonna say that watermelon juice. That's all I could think of that next day whenever I was so hungover. Is I would cut off my own foot for a glass of that watermelon juice. <laughs> it, would, it was so good.
1: Jeez, Louise! What a stuff. You know what? I. <laughs> I, I It's too much of a story for me.
0: It's well, too that's much. all I could come I, up with on short notice. Well,
1: no, I mean, just saying that, like, that's a story of disappointment. Ah, oh, hell, you know, you win some, you lose some. But you don't lose some with Ben Snore, guys. <laughs> Listen to me. He said it all. Ben Snore is in the house. Back again. Ben Snore. Go follow Ben Snore on Instagram. Go buy his hammers. You can I guess you can DM him and he'll sell you a hammer. But you can go to wellshod.com. Is it wellshot.com?
0: Wellshod.com.
1: And just search. Go get yourself one search of his get, your, get yourself one of his hammers. Ben Snoor. Ben Snoor. Get yourself one of his hammers. You won't regret it. I got two. I still need a cross peen, but I'm I know you got a long wait, so I'm, I'm gonna hold off on that. Guys, we're gonna have some fun next week. Matt. Is going to be here. Matt Stagmer. Is it Stagmer? I, I think it's Stagmer. We're going to have him on here. We're going to find out all the
0: stories.
1: Call him Stagmer and see how long it takes
0: him to correct you.
1: Fine. That's okay. I don't mind being corrected, but I'm fired up about him. I'm fired up about, about the guest coming up the week after. We're not going to talk about it until he to finally good. do it. Because this is, ain't going to be worth it if he doesn't show up. And then we're going to have some fun. So go follow the Full Blast Podcast on Instagram. We asked for questions. And they failed I'm, us. They were not good as I expected, which is fine. I, I get to I'm the done. point where it's I'm like asking. I, I'm done. I'm done asking. I am with you guys because you've been good to me. I bought the axe wax. That's the key. Axewax.us, 10% off on your order. Go get yourself a pile of axe wax. And that with that said, guys, thanks again, Ben. Thank you so much for joining me again. We're going to have you back for sure. All
0: right. Thank you for having me.
1: You are the man. See you guys next week. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network.